And this is Vina, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. All right. Hey, Vina, how you doing this week? Doing good. How about you, Delaney? <sighs> I'm hanging in there. Um, We're just going to jump right into the news this week because, um, you know. Uh, so first off in news this week, uh, Catherine Brown has officially stepped down um, as from her position as co-host of Classic Black Podcast. Um, you know, this is really not my fault. She won't be missed. So um, next up in news, just just wanted to just wanted to address that just in case y'all were wondering. But um, anyway, um, congrats to Wesley Brodnax. I think that's how you say his name. Um he uh, just became director of bands at uh, UNC School of Music. Um, he's in his seventh year um, as teaching professor and music director of bands at Drexel, Drexel University. Um, he received his bachelor's um, from, in music education from Stephen F. Austin, Texas uh, State University. Um, and he spent several years... Uh, teaching in texas public schools um he also got a master's and doctoral music degrees and went conducting from michigan state university um he's uh been a member of uh the west shore symphony greater lansing symphony grand Rapids symphony jackson symphony kalamazoo symphony and midland symphony who chile um and the west shore symphony brass trio on cap and capital brass quartet in lansing as a trombone and euphonium that's amazing, Delaney. Because <laughs> he out here for real. I mean, I mean, you would know because you're Vina. So, oh well. <laughs> All right, have to go. <laughs> um, he also um has a active schedule as a guest conductor all over the place. He's been a resident conducting um at Michigan State University, University of Alaska Fairbanks, Indiana State. I just I could go on for days. I mean, the the, the accolades go on for days. So. <laughs> We not finna. We not finna uh, spend all day because we got an episode to do. So yeah. okay, the well, whole congratulations, <laughs> right? Get the whole episode just being <laughs> him. <laughs> um, and then second, another uh, excellent black person being appointed um, at Peabody Conservatory, uh, trumpeter Billy Hunter. Who, first of all, we already knew because he's principal trumpeter of the Med, of course. Like, who? <laughs> but who else? Who else but him? Um, he just recently got uh, appointed to professor of trumpet at Peabody Conservatory, or as y'all know from our two episodes ago, Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she who shall not be named said that somebody told her that it was uh, called Peabody. Um, Peabody, <laughs> right? I was like, wait, but um, yeah, uh, he's principal trumpet in the Met. Uh, he's been there since 2004. He's been guest principal trumpet with Philadelphia Orchestra um, and just about a million other orchestras. So we're not going to be here, sitting here all day. My hair getting gray. My right. edges are receding. <laughs> um, I mean, what else? My, I'm going to be like, you know, when they do that time lapse, it's a skeleton. I have to go. By that time, <laughs> by the time we finish this bio... We both gonna be wondering where our when our grandkids come in when in for playing in, outside. If the podcast is still here because it's gonna be eighty four years until then. So. I mean there you go. <laughs> um so that's gonna be it for news this week. And we're moving on to intermission. Okay, so first of all 
Y'all mad fake because ain't nobody say nothing about like I bet you ain't nobody. What's going on with the mic? That's what oh you get. God. High key. When this not, you know what the mic when the mic fell. You know what that was when you said he she, she, she shall not be named. You mad fake for that? Hold on. Okay, I got plenty of problems. First of all, y'all fake the listeners too because I bet you ain't nobody gas and be like, well, hold on. I bet you not. But then at the same time, they probably were like, let me just wait it out because they always up to something. I, I feel like after the Bakiana thing, don't nobody trust us. Bakiana slapped. Period. Point blank. Period. <laughs> but I'm back like we never forgot some. <laughs> Okay, so on today, we're going to play one of the classic FM quizzes. You know, them, they trifling over there. Yeah, classic FM. Um, so we're going to play the quiz, which instrument should I should you learn to play? And we'll link the quiz. I just want to see what I get. So um, you played already. Should we just play it? Uh, this one is different from the one I played because they have a quiz and then they have like a, like a, it's just like a flow chart oh, where you answer about. a question and you just go... And for that one, I got viola, so. Um, but I haven't played this one. Okay, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, you can follow along with us. So, the first question, do you like being the center of attention? I'm gonna say, no, it makes me uncomfortable. Oh, I'll say it depends on my mood. What you saying? What y'all saying? I don't mind it. You say, yeah, you gonna say, yeah, I live for attention? Hey, it's better than, depends on the mood. Because it's, it's more, more often than not, I probably want to be because <laughs> vocal is high all right so i'm a i'm gonna select no because i don't okay do you have a long attention span i'm gonna say yes i love long films i can practice for hours it's true same i'm gonna say the same answer i'm gonna say okay literally not at all seems like an exaggeration for me i'm not gonna make it seem like i'm out here with a brain like a peanut but <laughs> okay <laughs> it's 10 minutes in. so i'll say sort of pick your favorite composer what's listed here oh thank god they ain't a family bach john williams mozart gershwin rachmaninoff i think out of all of these i'm gonna pick Ooh, i'm between bach and rachmaninoff honestly I'm between Mozart and Gershwin. You're not going to pick your boy, um, Mozart? I feel like you would like Mozart. I like Mozart, but, like, I'm good on him in this. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick Rachmaninoff because he be all. What is he? What, what he, piece is that? Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to do Mozart because I love Don G. Don G is my favorite opera. I'm picking Bach. Okay, I'm already triggered by this question. Like, they really don't even have to... Why are they yelling? <laughs> why are they on our necks? Right. How tall are you? Um, I'm going to say... Okay, average height. I'll say average height, too. I'm not average height at all. <laughs> I'm five feet, so I'm going to say I'm so short. <laughs> I'm, I'm average height. Okay, do you prefer sitting or standing? Definitely sitting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say a bit of both is a little bit healthy. What did I say? Yeah, yeah it's probably yeah. healthy. Certainly healthy. Certainly, yes. I'll do a bit of both. But sitting's fun and you can sit different ways on different chairs, lounging, different. That's very true. Who are you sitting on, Delaney? I'm asking you. No, no, no. Who are you sitting on? Who? I'm asking you. No, but like, who are you sitting on? Tell the people. <laughs> 
I'm asking you. So who who asked this like someone was like, uh, I'm convinced Katie has a boyfriend. And I was like, where in between Viola and Cardi B did you y'all make that <laughs> assumption in t- in t- 30 episodes? What's the truth, Katie? Don't do this, Vina. <laughs> you are a guest here. <laughs> Shout out to Vina for trying to get the truth. Shout out to Vina for being trifling. It's just my investigative reporting Don't skills. Don't do this, Vina. I, like, I thought you liked me. I do, Katie. Don't make this be a thing where, because I already got to deal with Delaney. <laughs> Don't. What you mean? You see the way your lips curled up? That's what I mean. <laughs> we didn't even get past the question. Oh, I, I said, I'm going to say uh, a bit of both. Okay, me looking lazy. I hate standing. What a stupid thing to do. I'm, I'm happy that I can stand. Not a stupid thing. <laughs> standing is stupid. Right. The whole concept. <laughs> <laughs> Not the whole concept. You got so mad. You were like, "How dare they say standing be an option?" But I'm, of the two options, that's why you put a bit of both, though. Like, not just one or the other, but like you have options to do both. Okay, do you get on with your name? Oh, this is written in Britain. <laughs> I was like, excuse Britain? me? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the language. <laughs> you see how you try to come for me? You see that? You suck. <laughs> do you, I, I know what this means because I watch British people on YouTube, but do you get along with your neighbors? Sure, they're nice enough. Yes, neighbors. Oh, my one neighbor fun. Like the one, the, I can't even say... <laughs> but he'd be like I can't even say what he'd be saying to me but he's fun and then um, little feet upstairs <laughs> little feet's a little girl that lives upstairs she's like two and I don't know her Aww. name so I'll call her little feet because <laughs> all you hear all day is with her little feet I'm gonna say yeah mine are nice enough I live in like a apartment house kind of thing so I have like upstairs neighbors a lot like on two different floors they're nice enough they don't make it too loud so i'll say they're nice enough i'm gonna say yes they're so understanding because i practice but also i balance with the fact that you have a toddler upstairs so when she doing all that you can't get mad at my box it's just and also like i i normally practice really late like i'll be going to like 12 and she don't say nothing so yes they're so understanding i mean that big old sound what could she say what's the answer to the question what could she say what's the answer to the question I'm going to say mine are nice enough. All the people like on your floor? Yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> uh, what sort of car do you have? I'm going to say a small one because it's proportionate to my size. Kermaine got in my car. We like, your car is so and da-da-da. I'm like, <laughs> look at me. Why would I get, why would I get a car, a big old car? When I'm sorry, I'm sure I'm not going to be hopping up into nothing. <laughs> you know how I look <laughs> like Kevin Hart stop Vina yes um I would say a small one because I don't have a really big car it's just a small little nice Nissan I do have a big car because I'm a bass player yeah <laughs> okay Prius wait no Prius fits bass yeah but this bit this car I have to be able to fit my flight case in it um, like a Prius I can fit my case with a soft case but not a flight case what do you like to do after a gig? Um, <laughs> the second one. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I'm going to say. I'm assuming the first one means food. It says good drinks and a bit of. Yeah, nary? I don't know what that is. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, yeah I think go it's out. Food. Yeah. I'll do that too. I was going to say go home and cry over my terrible performance, but I usually don't do that after a gig. Yeah. Um, I'll say chat with the band and then go home. Um, Are you a natural leader? These questions, these answers aren't real. I would say yeah. I don't love to lead, but I do lead. So I'll say that one. I'll say that one too. I like to lead. Yeah, I'll say that one too, just because things tend to go better when they do it my way. So. You speak in facts. Group projects? <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> I just want to say I'm a grad student. I should, I think I have graduated from doing group projects. <laughs> just period. And also, while we on the subject, you know, my music history class had a, a, a professionalism grade. I'm grown. You know, I'm about to be 26 in July. I'm not getting a um a grade based on how much I raised my hand. I don't want to be here. I did not. I signed up. I'm only in this class because all the other good classes ran out. <laughs> like, I'm not finna. Ooh, 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 ooh. Pick me. It's my show. What the? Out of here with that. No. And I'm mad. I'm a, I saw the grade and I'm like, I ain't even mad. Go ahead. I'm not, I, I, I think I said, I kind of one hand how many times I said something in that class. And it's 14 weeks and two hours each time. Out of here with that. I'm messed up. <laughs> How rich are you? Um, I'm I? a student, so super duper poor. Super duper. I'm talking about super duper poor. <laughs> I'm going to pick I have some money because that's the middle one. I don't think I'm super duper poor at this point. We're, we'll we're a different level. Hey, Daddy Warbucks. Daddy Warbucks? Yep. Okay, Daddy Savings Account finally flourishing well finally happening after that piece of wood that i bought so okay what, what y'all get i got violin i got oboe okay coming for jasmine's neck okay but what what about my questions exactly. had oboe yeah. first of all, i said i don't like being the center of attention meanwhile oboe be literally- floating above <laughs> i said i have a big car like <laughs> <laughs> This quiz fraudulent. I got flute. <laughs> I don't like what it says already. You're a teeny tiny person who should play a teeny tiny instrument like the flute. You have a pretty easy lifestyle. What? And this small, highly transportable instrument would add no great stress to your life. Except being literally the center of attention on every orchestral piece and in every opera. Yeah. And chapped lips. <laughs> oh, that's true. What you want to say? Mine says violin, but it says we get it. You might really want to learn to play the double bass, but if your car <laughs> isn't big enough. Oh, sorry. But what if your car isn't big enough? Question mark. That's a dumb. Okay. <laughs> and also it says, what if the reality of standing up on stage for two hours makes your feet sore, your back ache, and your motivation plummet? And I'm like, okay, well, you started with a compliment and then you just. Um, mine says you should play the oboe. You're quietly confident, but a great team player, which will make you super lovable, reliable member of the woodwind section. I guess. But you are the woodwind. And it says team player. I didn't. I didn't select that. Okay. Sure. What's the? <laughs> I'm, I, I really think it was the car question. I... The car question, and you said you weren't a student, so they were like, "Oh." Oh yeah. And I said a big car. Them reads. You make reads. Jasmine, I remember Jasmine talking about it. She's just making reads all the time. 
And she got to buy machines to help her make mm-hmm. multiple machines to make reads. So you got all right. That's it. So. <laughs> that's funny. I did play violin for a while, so that's interesting. I'm glad you gave the girls a chance and stuck to okay, well, being a vocalist. All right. Not exactly how that happened, but I appreciate your comment. It's not. <laughs> we'll end the quiz if y'all got time. <laughs> take the quiz, and we are moving on. All right, so now y'all finally gonna get to know Vina. Hey, Vina, Vina. Hi. Um. So Hi. we're gonna um ask Vina a couple questions about herself, so y'all can. Get y'all it just snatched clean off before <laughs> black excellence. Imagine going to school with Vina. It's been Okay. Whew, an inspiration, but just like we should do a classically white edge control. This could you imagine? I'm packing my bags. <laughs> Vina. I have to go. Um I just called the Uber. He'll be here in two minutes. Great. Two minutes. Let's go. <laughs> oh, you, you called the Uber for all the other vocalists to pack up and go. That is because so no thoughtful. I mean, <laughs> wow. What a humanitarian. <laughs> right. I mean, they might as well. They can start doing all kinds of stuff. What's all the stuff y'all don't do? The stuff y'all don't eat and drink? Yeah, they can might as well do that. What, what they need vocal cords for Goodbye. now? What they need the vocal cords for now? What I'm they need them for? Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm being interrogated. <laughs> We're, we're trying to support you and also like let the girls know that their time is up okay well. i mean their time never started but yeah i want them to hear this sigh <laughs> I'm like, okay finally <laughs> something in the mic <laughs> hilarious accurate okay Davina, tell us tell the people about yourself we know about you from Arkansas and john like that but <laughs> tell people yes i'm originally from little rock arkansas um, I went to my undergrad at the University of Central Arkansas, and I'm at Eastman School of Music for my master's degree in voice performance and literature. I graduate next week. That's so crazy. By the time this aired, you already graduated. That's crazy. Graduated yesterday. Congrats. Thank you. You too, Katie. <laughs> what you, what's that face? Meanwhile, Katie graduated magna cum laude. What's the, is that the, the first one? Which one's better, magna cum or summa? I think it's magna. Magna cum laude. Why would I help you be trifling towards me? <laughs> Let's look it up. <laughs> Vina got time today. <laughs> um, the question. Answer the question. <laughs> oh, like what specifically do you want to know? I want to know everything. Um, I'm one of six. Um, second oldest. Later. <laughs> um, my father is originally from Cameroon, and my mother is from Uganda, so I'm a first generation American. Um, what else? As I said before, my favorite opera is Don Giovanni by Mozart. Um, the first opera I ever saw was the Marriage of Figaro, so I'm very biased towards Mozart because he he's been a lot of firsts for me. Okay, so tell us how you guys started in music and a little bit about your musical journey. So I got started in music at a young age. I joined my church choir and went up through the ranks. And in elementary school, actually, I went to go see the Nutcracker with my father, was inspired by the dancing and especially the orchestra. And I remember I was sitting in an area where I could see the, like, the first violinist. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want to play that. 
And so my dad was like, okay, I guess we are getting lessons. And <laughs> of all the instruments on stage? No, I'm just It's kidding. the one I could see, and that's when I saw the sound coming out of. But, um, so I played yeah, violin. violinist I'm subscribing. Thanks, Delaney. <laughs> Meanwhile, you came for them last week on the episode. What'd I say? You said something about they they don't have oh, to Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how as soon as she remembered, she was like, wait. <laughs> I mean, are you ever on my side? <laughs> I am, Katie. I'm Sometimes. always on your side. <gasps> always. Always. If I went on your side, Here you go. I wouldn't laugh. Wow. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Um, so I played violin for a few years and then when I got to middle school, the reason I dropped the violin, which is, it's really sad, but it was also the kids dropped the violins all the time. So <laughs> give us yeah. a reason that I'd love to hear one. <laughs> well, choir and orchestra met at the same time. And so they were like, you have to choose between choir and orchestra. And I was like, well, I've done choir a lot longer. I'm going to do choir. Mm. It was one of those things where you're younger and you're just like, I'm gonna pick choir. And so that's that's ultimately what happened so my violin continues to c- collect dust and um here i am at i knew you were <laughs> you are so annoying <laughs> i still have my first violin it's in it's in little rock right now in my house but yeah you still know how to play it i'm really really rusty how long did you play violin i played for about four years girl we got to play um we could play you could play and that's exactly how it sound. You don't want to do that, Katie. Who know that piece? Damn that piece. Put in the comments. <laughs> He's lit. Suzuki did his thing on that. No. That piece goes. Shout out to Eileen. We used to play that all the time. <laughs> yeah, that gave me my, I feel like it really helped my ear to play violin for that long. Because going back into choir, it did. <laughs> because going back into choir, I didn't have solfege at the time and I didn't have numbers. We were just still learning things by rote. So when we were going into learning like numbers and stuff like that, I was like, oh, I'm just going to associate with like how I used to like hear it on the strings. And so that transferred. I did choir for a long time, a long time. I love choir. Choir was my life. Let me tell y'all, I was that person. You know how you have the people Uh-oh. in the orchestra? I know. Because, you know, choir kids and in high school are so extra and then low-key let me tell y'all something so the instrumental teachers low-key be roasting y'all because at (laughs) wow at the beginning at the at the at my school the first concert of the year would be combined choir band and orchestra so my (laughs) teacher would always be like when a piece is done don't be like the choir kids (laughs) you just clap that's all you got to do is clap Cause y'all y'all known for being extra. Ain't nothing wrong with being extra. I'm extra, but y'all be like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And he was like, just clap. <laughs> Don't be like the choir kids. I'm like, oop. <laughs> we just love to express ourselves with our voices. That's why we're in choir. At what cost? <laughs> <laughs> we the dancing down the hallway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you my family has stories of me just singing in the house like my dad is downstairs my stepmother's downstairs and i'm up in the kitchen making food cooking and singing they're like wow and then as soon as i went to undergrad they're like it's quiet and i was like see y'all missed me so i did choir for a very long time and then in high school i got introduced to opera and opera singing and different composers and things like that and ultimately was like 
I want to sing opera. And I found a woman named Dr. Chotard and she had this after school institute where people could learn about opera music and we did scenes programs and a lot of fun things. And through a voice teacher I had in high school, I met my undergrad voice teacher, Dr. Martha Antolik, and she has been wonderful or she, she's not, yes, excuse me. She's wonderful. And we spent four years together and then I graduated. I came to Eastman where I studied with my wonderful, wonderful professor, Professor Catherine Caldrick. She is a queen. Um, if she ever hears this, you are a queen. Thank you. And yeah, here's this. Professor? Oh, I'm going to send this to her. Fina. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Send it to her. I still got another year. Okay, but pin drop it. Well, I guess there's no point. We've been dragging choir all through this. But we stand. Oh, she was on the parking lot when she was all cute and stuff. Mm -hmm. She came out. She was like, um, what did she say about how we were dressed? She was like this wonderfully, this wonderful group of well-dressed people. She's so cute. She is. And her, um, no, I ain't going to say that. Oh, her car? Yeah. I love her car. Um, oh, what is her bump? What did her bumper say? It was should so we, cute. Should we say that? It's her license plate. Oh, sorry. Yes, her license yeah, plate. Yeah, I don't know if we should I don't know if we should say that. Yeah, you kind I stopped myself. We're trying to protect her. I know what it says, but it's like her license plate is like, don't be cute. It's so cute. If I remember, I'll tell you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, can you tell us about a special experience that you've had with music that could be like a piece or a specific performance? I could talk to you a little bit about my master's recital. Let's hold off on that. Hold off? Okay. Unless that's, unless you want to, we can swing it. Um, you don't have anything else besides your master's title? Like, there was I, no piece before that, like, you were like, this is dummy cool. This, this has a lasting impression on me. No, yes. I was going to say, um, my first, um, my first English aria that I learned was My Man's Gone Now from Porgy and Bess. And that aria was, like, tr- like life-changing for me because I was just starting to learn arias. And so I was just like, this one's kind of, it's kind of huge. And then I went on YouTube as one does, and I looked up all the people who sang it before, and Audra McDonald sung it. What a queen! She's let me tell you, and she's she's living her life with her little baby on Instagram. I stand. They're just great. She's, she's so cute. I love everything she stands for. She's a queen, <coughs> and that piece like will forever be uh, a substantial piece of my life, just because it was one of the first arias I learned, and just the message that it talk like that it displays is about a woman who is grieving her husband who's just died from these circumstances out of her control and she's just like i know i'm usually the strong person but here i just need to cry over my husband who i just lost i don't have i can't be strong i don't have the energy to be i just have to weep okay so let's get into something a little different tell us about being black at school so you can talk about like your experience um like an undergrad and then your experience here at Eastman. And, like, I'm just, I'm curious. We have a, I think this is our first vocalist, on the, right? This is our first vocalist we're talking to. So it's like, I feel like y'all, from the outside looking in, y'all mm-hmm. have a completely different experience in instrumentalists. So I'm just curious. I just want to tap into that. Like, tell me about your experiences with that. Well, my experience being a vocalist, especially coming from a specifically choir background, I've always been a minority amongst choir people whether it be in all state or just in my own personal choirs in high school, undergraduate and things like that. It's been interesting because a lot of schools, rightfully so, they incorporate a lot of um, music written by African-American composers. So they do a lot of spirituals and they typically 
do look to the African-American student to sing the spiritual because they want to, they want to. Yikes. <laughs> you imagine being in, being in an orchestra and like they finally do a piece about William Grant still and be like, Danny, you want to tell us about your uncle, Granty? <laughs> your uncle, Granty? Yeah. You want to tell us about your experience growing up? With your uncle William Grant still, it's been great talking to you, Vina. Um, <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, "Who's Granty?" <laughs> it just clicked with me. You're talking about William Still, Mister William Grant Still. Excuse me. Come on, Mister. That's Doctor Maya Angelou. You remember that? <laughs> yes. And I was like, facts, yeah, facts, and also you're dragging someone who's dead. That doesn't make sense. And also, she was rude, right? And she's not your equal. She, she was like, she was around our age, and I was like this can't just be a Southern thing where you refer to people as sir, ma'am. Cause even if she got doctor wrong, she said Maya. Right. And I was like, wait, you imagine rolling up to your teacher. What up, George? <laughs> I, still my, have, my. <laughs> I still have problems with the teachers will say, call me this. And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, ma'am. It's just, it's just a part of me. Right. How we get here? We always go off on something. <laughs> and I feel bad because we know how to bring it back. But Vina's like, we know it's falling along with the tangent. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I talked about singing spirituals. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> something that was really beneficial to me was that my teacher specifically, she um, she made sure that I knew about more composers than j- like not that Moses Hogan wasn't a, a wonderful composer, but she made sure that I had a diverse um education as far as african-american composers because she thought she was like it's important and especially here in the south we typically tend to do one or the other which isn't again acknowledging those composers isn't bad but you have other composers you have margaret bonds you have like you said william grant still you have these other composers who are who have great art song and african-american excuse me african-american art song that you should be doing and it should be incorporated more into this curriculum versus not versus just as much as like um learning german lead and so she was really impactful in that way of making sure that i was doing pieces that were diverse across the board um at eastman you say eastman or do you say eastman Eastman. i say Eastman. i've never heard someone say eastman that's crazy (laughs) go ahead girl Okay. She also saw the autumn diction classes. Right. Yes, right. Yes. <laughs> yes, man. Like you have to make sure you're heard, especially in Kilbourne. You'll swallow your consonant. You know, I, I talk. I got cotton balls in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Eastman, I've been really lucky because I've gotten opportunities to interact with other African American students. Where my undergrad, they were maybe a few and far total in the music department. But as far as vocalists, we were very spread out and very into different things. Like I think in my year I was the, yes, I was the only vocal performance major. Everybody else was vocal music education. And so, but again, I was the only African-American woman in the class. And then coming here, I am the only person in my class who is, a vocalist or excuse me, a master's in performance and literature in her second year. But like I said, the BSE here has been super 
essential because I met you all. And I've also interacted more with instrumentalists, which I, I don't know about y'all, but it's very, you guys intimidate me so much. <laughs> you see, I'm glad someone is privy. Yeah. That she be doing a lot. When you be hearing me being like, can you stop or whatever? Like now you see. And then she do that. You know what you did. Okay. Let's talk about that just for a second. Let's pull over. Yeah. You said we're intimidating. Y'all literally walk through the halls, skipping, singing three part song. And we're intimidating. Y'all be all. (laughs) You have to worry. Be like, what? (laughs) Leave me alone. (laughs) Just one more time. Just leave me alone. Like, well, are we intimidating? I think it's because you all have um, ensembles that you already meet each other in versus outside of BSE, unless we're doing like a chamber work or we're doing like collegium or something else involving an orchestra, we don't really interact unless we have classes, excuse me. And so in that way, you guys already have that kind of like, oh, okay, I will have naturally met you because we are in maybe an ensemble together or we're in... Um, we go through the same master class because it involves this this set of instruments like strings. I don't know if that happens. So forgive me if it doesn't happen. But um, whereas um, I feel like the voice department is kind of like its own like little island. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the most I've interacted with vocalists, meaning you and Marcus, <laughs> because like y'all, y'all own y'all be doing y'all own thing. Yeah, and the it sucks because the curriculum isn't schedule isn't written to where we would have interacted as much as we would have outside of remember that class i was in with you that yes one? i remember the alp class and i was like who is this girl and then i like i got your number and then i like you know due to a series of unfortunate events i ended up dropping the class also the teacher came for me and i'm not the one the two or the three so i was just like not nah, <laughs> the one the two or the three she said she's the four <laughs> <laughs> no i i remember you and i was so confused because i was like i thought there was another i was like i thought there was another black girl in this class and like he was it was a lot that went into that yeah but like oh he was that class looked stupid anyway so but i'm glad we were able to reconnect this makes me happy yeah <laughs> all right so can you uh talk a little bit about being black in the profession um any adversity or struggles that you've encountered uh you know, just being black in classical music and opera specifically. I specifically, um, in my time, at least here at Eastman, haven't experienced anything that happened because I was African-American. Excuse me. Let me just use your terminology because I was black. But um, I know outside of the, the school four walls or whatever, there is a double thought that has to happen to cast an African-American woman sometimes. Because you think of a role and you see a certain woman perform it. And then if someone of someone who is black comes in and sings it, sings it perfectly, sings it, ex, sings it phenomenally, you then have to, depending on who's casting, some people think you have to then format her to fit versus format things to fit around her in that way. What do you mean by that? So like, let's say if, what, let me think of an opera. Okay, let's make a plane real okay. quick, real quick. Okay. Remember the like the 1992, 1993 version of Cinderella with like Whoopi Goldberg? Yes. And the white dude. Yes, and, and the Asian, Asian son. Yes. That can exist in opera. And I want more people to do that. Like when I saw that movie, it, it almost inspired me more 
to want to sing because I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. As long as you're right. talented, as long as you can bring bring everything into the game, you're set. So, like, talk about, use what you said and talk about that a little bit more. So, you said fitting her, like Whoopi Goldberg, right? Do you, when you, do you remember that movie well? Yes. Okay, so did they do anything in your recollection to fit the movie to her? I mean, like, excluding Brandy, right? It's Little Feet. Did you do, <laughs> did they do anything to fit? It's more that because she's an African-American woman, people would think that, oh, then everybody in the cast has to be African-American, which again, is not a bad thing. But what I loved about the movie is that they cast Whoopi and her son was Asian. And then the other man was white and that was fine. It's it's the fact that people feel like, or from what I've seen, and I'm hopefully it's changing. I haven't actually like gone and looked at mm-hmm. like this show, this season's um, shows, but it's just like people feel like it has to be all or nothing. Yeah. Versus having a cast that can be more diverse. Especially, I think something like something like opera, where it's like open to interpretation. You know, yes. and I mean, like, yeah, like when Mozart was writing these operas, like the people who were around him were white. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's nothing in his librettos that say this these are white people right you know the only opera we are aware of that does that is porgy and Bess. right so it's like when you have something that's open to interpretation like that i feel like it, it doesn't it shouldn't matter you know and like yeah like um you might say like oh it's set in vienna or right. whatever or it's set in turkey you know i forgot which one of his things is set in turkey i'm blanking on it and it's like well black people are everywhere you ignore us but we're everywhere so that doesn't really make sense you know and it's like um something like the girls went crazy remember if you i'm not really into harry potter because my mother didn't let me read it but um hermione (laughs) hermione was a black girl Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah and like they the girls went mad i mean i forgot what there was something like a, a remake or something going around on Twitter a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and the girls were in their feelings because Hermione was black. And I'm like, right. go back to the source. And even JK herself was like, I, n- I never said she wasn't right. And they cast Hermione who at the Emma Watson and she did beautifully. Yeah, oh yeah. But again, she was like, Emma, that doesn't fine. take anything away from her. But at the same time, I never said that she couldn't be black. And even Rue from the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. like y'all like just like to see whiteness everywhere. I'm like, how is that not born to you? Especially in a country like America, when it's not reflecting, it's not the reflecting population. the population. That doesn't make sense, right? And I feel like the more that we can see people who, or more people see people who look like them on stage in a diverse set or in a diverse casting, the more people will think it's one plausible to do, and also are more invested in seeing it more because they're like, oh. This is a person of color who's similar to me performing on the stage. I want my son, daughter, cousin. It didn't have to be like your child, but I want somebody else in my family to experience this and be excited the same way I am. Like um, Hamilton, people got even more excited by Hamilton because it had minority cast and because people were able to see themselves more and more on the stage. And so it's just (laughs) things like that. It's like it's possible and people will come if you allow the opportunities to exist for people. And it's like, it's not like, you know, it has to be like a drop in quality. There's people out here. There are people of color. There's Asian people, whatever, Latino, Hispanic people that can do these things. Like, right. y'all just are not interested. Like, y'all want to keep doing what y'all been doing. But why? Right. It doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. I don't know. Like, Angel Blue, she was the first African-American Violetta 
to be at La Scala. Oh, accent. Like you, heard, you heard that panache in there? Hey. Come on, diction. You better hope after how many summers I, I know Italian. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think we're moving closer and closer to yes. to balance. You know what I'm saying? But it, it just... It just makes me feel some type of way because no, none of these people, except for maybe, maybe, maybe Wagner, where it was implied mm-hmm. that like it should be all white. You know what I'm saying? What I do like is that the opera world is changing and there is more new opera coming out, which means there is a kind of, there is that sense of wanting more diversity because no one's done the role. So you don't see it in a certain light. You don't hear a certain voice. You don't see a certain person. You're looking for somebody who can bring your music to life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about how the opera world is changing. I've noticed more and more companies are doing, they're not maybe huge works, but they're doing um, smaller, newer works. And they're providing more opportunities for people of color to premiere roles. And like I said, again, to be seen on the stage. Like I think Glimmerglass is doing this opera called blue and it's about this african-american family this young black couple as they're raising their son in 21st century america and we see the father's a police officer the mother who's supported by love loving community of fellow officers and then they were having to navigate that the father's a police officer yeah oh and so it's just like stories like that that are new and not told but they're giving opportunities for people and for different stories to be told, which I am obsessed with. Right. Instead of just, I love you. Well, I love her. Well, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, now I'm sad because you did. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with those stories. Cause those, <laughs> those stories exist amongst. Yeah, act one over. Now act two. <laughs> I'll say <some> more. <laughs> like I said, those stories are valid for every cultural background. It's just allowing the different cultural backgrounds to sing about it that I would love to see more and what I am seeing more of. So it's inspiring to do see that. Okay. So tell us about, <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. Tell us about <laughs> some initial struggles you face being a classical musician. Like, are you talking, you can talk about that or you talk about like, how do you balance your creative life versus your personal life? Blase, blase, whoop de woo. Y'all all say the same thing. I ain't got one. But go ahead. Y'all know you be getting hit up. So how you, how you, how you. Right. Venus, Venus DMs ain't never dry. So if, what, if the lie was told, it's going to be her right now. Well, I'm in Venus DMs. I need to be a, a snorkel or a scuba tank. Right. Y'all are really telling these lies. You go, we lie or you lie? Anyway, to answer your question. Um, I'll do the, I'll answer, but I'll talk about the balance first. It is a struggle to find the balance because especially now that I'm a new graduate, finding that I'm speaking, it's happened. Um, finding that balance of like, okay, now I'm out, I'm out of school gigging and auditioning and finding that balance. But then at the same time, understanding that you are a human being. And you do want, and like we all live for human connection and making those connections. And so I haven't found my perfect balance of it, but I strive to at least stop, Katie. <laughs> you all see Delaney too? 
But I, <laughs> I can't look at the lady because I bust out laughing. Because <laughs> I can't really see her. Okay. <laughs> what was I saying? Buddha, Buddha. Right. Nah. Meanwhile, everybody else finding connections to you, and you like mm, not good enough. So because they're probably not. But <laughs> I, I don't even know why these guys are trying. Okay. Well. Anyway. <laughs> okay, them throwing themselves at you. We can talk more after this. <laughs> oh, there's tea, y'all. There's not tea. There is no tea. Actually, the kettle is piping, and there's just steam coming out. There's no water. What to have? Okay, never mind. <laughs> what to have? This ain't no science podcast. Go ahead, girl. I love you I lots. Scientifically <laughs> black podcast. As I was saying it, I was like, "That's incorrect." <laughs> <laughs> but um, hopefully they can just take this out. I know Eastman School of Science, so no, right. no, y'all, but that's basic. I should know that but there needs to be water for them. Don't worry, Go ahead, just take that out. Oh, I'm sorry, beloved. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Dinner is so rude. Go ahead. But no, it's always, it's, I feel like it's, at least right now, it's kind of a struggle to find that balance because I really do want to focus on making sure that these next few years are very like leading me in the direction I want to go career wise. But at the same time, like, like I said, you have to find that balance. So finding that balance is a struggle, but I'm working every day to find it. That's what I can say about me personally finding that work-life balance. Clearly your DMs one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) What if I were to just like accept it? What would y'all do? I mean, we'll keep going. (laughs) But with a different tone. Oh, God. (laughs) It'd just be a higher pitch tone. Ask La Jasmine. Okay. Jasmine, we'll talk later. (laughs) Um, But the first part, initial struggles. Some initial struggles I found specifically for me and my voice were finding pieces that worked for me. And then once I found the pieces that worked for me, trying to sing them and also trying to make them connect to me, but not seeing people doing it who I felt were connecting because I have felt difficulties specifically because of how I had to learn music and how fast I've had to learn music. Yeah. As far as I went to all throughout high school, we learned numbers. Then I got to undergrad and I had to learn Swordfish, which mm-hmm. is a completely different system. You learn about you, but essentially it's a way to teach you how to read music. Mm-hmm. So learning that. And then once I got a grip on that coming here and there do numbers. And so just trying to stay above water about learning and doing all that stuff, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, because I don't have I don't have anybody else in my family who is a classical musician. So not having that immediate um, connection yeah. to somebody like growing up who sang opera music or somebody who had a connection immediately. Like I was really blessed because my church director, he guided me through a lot of things and he was very helpful in my music development. Mm-hmm. But outside of him and the people he can he knew at the church, that was that was all I had. And it was just trying to figure that out, especially in an environment like Eastman, like coming from Eastman from a school that um, it was more of a teaching college versus anything else. And so coming here where they're very, very academic was a big struggle for me because I was like, it's for everybody. <laughs> I was like, dear eight, 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 okay. 
like I heard this I'd heard the words before and I we had gone through it but not in the right in the depth in the depth that they have here they drag everything out (laughs) and so coming here it was really intimidating because it was like I felt like I had a huge learning curve Mm -hmm. so doing that and then on top of that trying to do your own instrument and learn things new about your voice because the thing about the voice is it's always always changing and it sits somewhere different almost every day and it's just like craziness and so it's because it's not like something you can just tune and it's like okay we're out the door not me hold on hold on (laughs) hold on hold on because stuff sometimes stuff this takes longer to say like you feel differently every day yeah i think it's similar it might not be as different as what the voice is but like my viola feels different a lot of days okay yeah depending on the approach morale you know i don't know these things you gotta tell me we'll talk yeah (laughs) but um so coming coming here and putting that together was a bit of a struggle all right so can you tell us um what are some of the things that you changed uh personally when you decided to pursue music that could be like a lifestyle change that you made you know your personal life we talked a little bit about like how you balance stuff but um a lot of people when they when they decide like okay i'm going down this track you know they have to you know restructure the way that they do things and especially since you're a vocalist i know you gotta you know, y'all got to You got to buy your stock up on scarves and tea <laughs> and stuff. So and chemises. <laughs> um, I definitely do have a lot of scarves. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you, but um, low key extra. But I love y'all. <laughs> sunglasses extra. and everything. Walk into room, puppy and purse is fine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, some things I did change. Like I had to change what I ate because I. Div- I discovered I had an allergy and like my peanut and tree nut allergy. And because of that, that kind of like shaped the way that I like what I eat before I perform, because usually typically I could eat like some peanut butter or something with like protein like that, put it in a shake, call it a day and the peanut butter, peanut butter would be filling enough to sustain me through the show and like have some honey, have some ginger tea and like call it a day. But since then, I've had to, or I should say, my diet has had to be something that's more like spinach and alternative protein based. I still eat meat a lot because I'm sorry. It's just, I love it. All right, let's get into it. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) we talk though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's no beef. There's no beef. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so food habits definitely wow. had to change. Um, you have to stay super hydrated. Like, I carry water bottle all the time. I'm drinking water all the time. Um, as far as like lifestyle, especially since moving up here to Eastman, it's quite drier up here than it is in the South. So I've had to use my humidifier more. I've had to warm up a little extra. I've had like drink as much drink two times as much water as I usually would have back home because it's so dry here wear scarves um personally I've been so focused on like making sure I'm getting into a great grad school that I've like powered through I have great friends but I didn't really connect with too 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 many people because I was like yeah I know what you're saying because mm-hmm, I was like I have my core group I'm set with my core group I love my core group 
I am not planning on staying in Arkansas. So that was like a mindset shift for me because I was like, I'm leaving Arkansas. So I have my core. I feel comfortable with my core. This core will be with me when I go and when I come back and wherever I go. And so definitely it taught me earlier to pick my friends wisely because the people who I chose to be with were the people I wanted, like regardless of where I went in the world, I would always want to communicate with. Like we don't communicate every day necessarily, but when we do communicate, we like pick up where we left off. And that's something I'm really, like I really value that I picked up early on because it's been something that has stuck with me till now. And I'm really happy has. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your recital. Like you had Vina. I mean, my edges are probably still in Kilburn Hall, to be honest. But, like, she just dusted the girls. I mean, it was, her recital was dummy good. Remember when everybody was so stunned they didn't, they forgot to clap and she had to tell us to clap? Right. Like, every, it was like, it was, I forgot what piece it was. And no, people were so, like, flabbergasted that they didn't, like, clap. And you were like, girl, it's over. And we were like, oh, okay. Um, but tell us about your recitals. More specifically, tell us about the theme of your recital and how you came about you know, coming up with that and how you executed it, blase, blase, whoop-de-woo. <laughs> so the overall theme of my recital was the oppression of women. Um, I sung pieces, I sang pieces by Florence Price. I sang pieces by Joseph Marks, Hugo Wolf, um, Xavier Montalvach, and a new living composer, Maria Thompson Corley. Um, I chose the first and last pieces um, specifically the price pieces and the Corley pieces, because a big part of my master's, um, my master's oral, oral presentation, excuse me, was focusing on the importance of African-American female composers and their impact and how by doing more of their music, you're not only celebrating those of the past, you're uplifting those women of the future. And I thought that was important to do. Preach the gospel. <laughs> I, um, when picking the other pieces, um, oh, I also did um, Louis Aubert. Excuse me, that was my French set. Um, I'll sit. <laughs> when picking these pieces, I wanted to do pieces about women of color. But when I um, looked at my criteria again, I had to do German. And German doesn't have a lot of pieces that are specifically women of color. So what I decided to do in that um, aspect of it was pick pieces that were sung that could involve a woman of color. So um, for the um, Wolf set, I chose Anacreon's Grab and Kenst du das Land. Kenst, you won't have to. Kenst du das Land <laughs> is um, the story is based off a story of Mignon, who was an Italian girl with a French name who joined a traveling circus in Germany. And in this setting of the piece, she's more mature. She's a bit older. And so when she's asking, Kenst du das Land is, do you know this land? And so she's asking about, she's traveled and she's older. And she's with this man called Wilhelm, who, who's this weird um, combination of someone who she sees as her lover, her protector, but also her father. And so it's, yeah. <laughs> it's All right, crazy. Man, now hold up. Stop. I know it's crazy, but I chose it because... I wonder what I was thinking, but... <laughs> when she said a weird mixture of... And then she said, Lauren, I said, no, hold up, we're just finna go. 
but ultimately it's about <laughs> y'all was having shook daddies back in 18 <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh but ultimately <laughs> Stop, I can't. um she would technically be a woman of color because she was italian um in germany and so giving that perspective of she is a woman who is trying to find herself again now that she's older she's like okay i've gone through this journey of who am i discovering this and this am i this am i this and it's like okay but like now that i've i'm i'm coming to terms with it can i can we be together as i go into the next part of my journey and then i did um the two marks pieces i did were based off of italian folklore and again i use the italian thing to kind of symbolize because that would have been the closest thing to fitting my overall theme of oppression and so that was the German and then for the French the Louis Aubert were based off of these poems written by Franz Tousset and they're from the Le Jardin de Caresse Come on, Frenchy French. The Garden of what? The Garden of Caresses. I see. I thought that was going to be, but I was like. You're correct. What you're thinking is correct. You're thinking is correct. And so. two fluent French speakers amongst me. You don't, but okay. (laughs) Oh, well, Vina probably do. You see she going to the Garden of Caresses. Who caressing you, Vina? The songs were. um, Oh, his name is Songs? That's what's up. It's like new. You know what I'm saying? It's like a. That's like a contemporary name. Franz Like Toussaint. Song of Solomon. That's what's up. <laughs> meanwhile, Kitty over here talking with me while she planted the garden of caresses. <laughs> right, planted it because I'm not in it. <laughs> the seed comes from you, the OG. The OG original. OG I'm mad you ganged up on me. Like, you, <laughs> like, we, you bo- me. <laughs> <laughs> like we both <laughs> under fire. That's cool. <laughs> talk about your little garden um so it was originally written in arabic and because and so i took that and was like okay this was originally written from people of color so i sang about that i chose three pieces from there they were beautiful one was le mirage the this um second one i sang was le vichage penché and the um third one i sang was le dieu and they were just all different perspectives. The first one is about the p- person seeing the mirage of a lover in a dream and then waking up being like, oh, but I know I can't dream of you again because you never have the same dream twice. So it's like, oh, that's kind of messed up. Like, <laughs> dang. That one's yeah, that one's like, you know, it's like, dang, that sucks. And then the second one is about how they they see or someone observing their lover i mean like stay that way so i can like visualize you in this way and then ultimately the person pulls away and he's like then why did why were we even here doing this why did you even answer the question vina <laughs> why did you Let's even talk about pay it. attention why would you why do so y'all waste time <laughs> so that's the sec- the third one i that's the second one i sang but it's the third one in the set excuse me and then the fifth one and the third one I sang is Le Dieu. And that's basically about someone seeing their lover, but having to be away from them. 
but then ultimately saying that, well, we'll never be really apart because everywhere reminds me of you. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. It's cute. <laughs> and then the one I was really, really hyped about were the five Spanish pieces by Xavier Monsalvage. Well, you were like, oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> that was, no, yeah. Was she caressed the piano and stuff. We know what's out here. <laughs> Um, those were those are pieces written by see, sorry, by Monsalvach, and they're from the perspective of Afro-Cuban women and Creole women during the Spanish Civil War, and so my interpretation was making it five different people, and five different. So there were five different different perspectives. So like in the first one, it was about somebody reminiscing about how Cuba used to be. The second one was from the perspective of actually somebody who's catcalling. And um, assaulting, sexually assaulting somebody. So it was from the male perspective, which was something I found really interesting doing my research because I thought the piece was just like, fun. it sounds fun and upbeat, but it's like, no, this this is how, because this man is supposed to be playing guitar and it's like, he's just playing a little med- melody along and you're supposed to take it lightheartedly, but nothing he's saying is lighthearted. Everything he's saying is very overtly sexual and very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately in the end, the men, like he's with a bunch of other sailors commenting on her and they're all like commenting on her. And like the last verse is like the, um, the Marine people see her and they move in closer and we don't know how it ends. We just hear him say the first lines again, this little, the Creole girl walks by with her white dress, how white the, the dress is, which is like a symbol of virginity, like how pure she is. And then it just ends with a hum. Wow. And like that, that piece is the like the one that just like like uh I get like chills just like from how frustrating that piece is. Mm-hmm. And then um the third one is about um a chevere and what's ironic about the title of that because chevere is translated in French to a knight, but in the Spanish it's a bully. And the per- the woman is singing about a man who's supposed to be protecting her, but at the end of the day ends up beating her and calling her bad and like slicing her up. Slicing? Like abusing her. Because like he talks about how he cuts at the moon, he cuts at the um, song, and then eventually he cuts at me, the bad black woman. I know. I know. I know. And then, like, the fourth one is the sweetest one. It's the most memorable one for people. It's a lullaby for a little black boy. That's a hay one? Okay. No, no, no that's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> the hay well, Katie one. T- well, Katie took away from her. <laughs> <laughs> You're lighting the mood. It's great. I love it. No, I love that one. That one's a lot of fun. But the fourth one is a lullaby for a little black boy. And throughout the piece, we can see that the little boy is of mixed race. Because she talks about how his skin is dark, but his eyes are blue like the ocean. And so we get the context of he, the person singing is either his mother or like somebody watching after him. And throughout the song, she's singing and like trying to rock him to sleep and reassure him that he'll be fine. Because back in the day, back in that day, um, if you were mixed with any kind of white, you were still seen as a higher status than someone who was completely African-American or excuse me, completely black. And so go ahead. Maybe not status, but how they view. No. That's another conversation. 
But um, <laughs> I mean, did I lie? Did I lie? I love y'all though. Hi y'all. <laughs> but she's reassuring him, like, no, the the master will take care of you, or the senior, senior, excuse me, senior Italian, senior will take care of you. He'll buy you a little suit. You'll be fine. You'll be protected and taken care of because even though you're black, you have blue eyes and fair skin. So you will be okay and you'll be protected. And then the last one is Canto Negro. And that's the one that you know, the Hey song. (laughs) And that's basically um, his interpretation of what the people would have been singing like in a celebration or a dance. And it's basically... So they call, they have a word in there called solongo and a solongo is like a parody of what they would have or caricature, I should say, of what the Spanish people saw black men as. And the solongo was a person who was lazy, who was lazy, super appreciative of the job and whatever status was given to him by the white man and someone who was carefree. And so in this song, carefree, first of all, I'm not gonna talk about that. Lazy, we literally built everything. Okay, we built everything, it, it y'all. Was, this was their derogatory term for people. Everything y'all have. <laughs> it's a, this very soil we stand on, sit on. Oh, my favorite sitting. <laughs> and so, like, okay. this is their interpretation. They've taken it and they basic. They're basically making this like a happy song, and so basically they're reclaiming the word solongo. Uh. And so, like, throughout the piece, like, they're getting faster. They're, they're, um, hey. <laughs> they have little uppers like that. And they're like, um, right. Should have been, should have been, hey, who wrote this? <laughs> Montsalvage. No, but so that's that interpretation of that song, essentially. But yeah, that's the Spanish set. And so <laughs> I'm speak, taking forever to speak about these individual sets. Um, I'll talk about the, um, the last piece I sang was Steal Away, which is an African-American spiritual. And it was arranged by Maria Thompson Corley, who I had the wonderful opportunity to um, correspond with. I actually bought the piece from her and I was oh, like, wow. I really want to do this on my recital. And I'm looking f- um, and I heard one of my favorite singers, oh, Daryl Taylor. He's amazing. But I heard him sing it. And I was like, oh, I have to go to like classical music reprints or music school. Maybe it's on there. It wasn't on there. And so the only thing I saw of her was her website. So I gathered my little courage and I was like, professional email. I would love to buy this piece. Um, please respond. Which <laughs> 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 essentially is what I said. And she responded back to me. She was like, hi, I would. Sure, I would love to. We, um, I bought the piece from her. We exchanged. She was like, I'd love to get a recording of it when you sing it. And so, yeah. I told y'all Vina was famous. No. <laughs> Not Meanwhile, you was booed up with Augusta Reed Thomas. <laughs> this is about Vina. <laughs> you be like, it be the same stuff you be doing. You be like, oh my God. I'm like, remember that time? You be like, this not about me. <laughs> okay, but Augusta Reed Thomas ain't asked me for the official recording of... Right, she begged you. <laughs> this lady asked for the official recording of her piece i'm just i'm just i just think it's fitting that it's called steal away because that's what you did to ages <laughs> yeah what a way to end it that's yeah, yeah that was I, good. Really, I see what you did there. that's lit right connection like art imitates life you know that type of thing that's what's up <laughs> <laughs> I really, concept, that concept came from like the middle ages art imitating life 
That's what's up. So I, and then you are even you brought it back around to like the Ars Nova. That's what's up, sis. <laughs> Double theme. <laughs> Triple theme. <laughs> you guys are giving me so much credit and I really appreciate it. <laughs> we just know what we know. We saw okay. what we saw. So boom. But no, it was really awesome. And I sent her the recordings and she really liked it. And so like she What you mean she really liked it? She did. Probably ain't never heard nothing like it before. Okay. No. Now her speakers are busted out. <laughs> she sent you a bill. No. Dang, she nice. <laughs> well, I bought the song from her. I'm talking about for her new speakers. <sighs> <laughs> that was a genuine sigh. I'm proud of that. <laughs> I was genuinely like, what do you mean? And Why also would her edge? Yeah, we should do like an edge. It's maybe it shouldn't be like an edges because you can't lay what you don't have. But like maybe like a like an edge cream, like a growth stimulant. I'm gonna write that down. Growth stimulant. She yeah, says. like like you know like wild hair grow, like I the do. one it's kind of smell kind of all you know what I'm talking about. Well, but it does it does what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can make like a classy black version of that, like a growth oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, that was amazing. She's great. And then my favorite set on my recital. Not that the others aren't great, but the one I did my oral presentation on. My TT flow flow. <laughs> my first dry set. You saw it. <laughs> you know what you said TT flow flow and I'm annoying. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, I did three pieces by her. I did resignation, sympathy, and night. Um I really, I really enjoy those pieces. The pieces aren't necessarily related. They're from her book of 44 art songs and spirituals. And I just chose them because I was just like, these pieces are gorgeous. You know what? <laughs> Night is the last no, one. I don't know if here, I said that. Here you go. Tying it in again. Resignation. Cause all the other vocalists, they resign in after your recital and then sympathy. Cause you pity them <laughs> because, <laughs> because they got to give up all their work because no matter how hard they work, they never be as good as you. And then night, because like they saying good night good to their night. career. Yo, that's what <laughs> Yo. Oh. Vina, you just, it's just theme these, after theme. theme after theme. <laughs> it's layered. It's new. I have to go. It's fresh. It's artistic. Never been done before. It's innovative. It's, have you ever seen that? Any- <laughs> no, let me. Are y'all done? Because I'm done. They are standing up. <laughs> I feel like anybody who ever wanted to do an interview with us is probably like, it's probably not worth it. <laughs> yeah, at this point, this is probably the last interview. Every time we ask somebody, you know, it's going to be people who haven't listened before. Like, yeah, I might could come through. <laughs> I like it. But you know what? Vina's a real one because she listens to the show. Yes. Right. And knows us. And yeah. so, <laughs> so she more importantly, more importantly, the letter. <laughs> and you came anyway. Shout out to Dead. a real one. Brave. Bravery. <laughs> and tolerance. Let's not forget tolerant. And all and all the other things we said before. Innovative. Sympathetic, empathetic. I mean, you know what the good thing is? Vina can't sing every lead role at every opera company in the country. So it's like some girls have a chance, and also there's also like girl with bucket and like right. ensemble member, member, member number four. And as long as they remember that you have a chance because Vina let you have a chance. <laughs> I think that's the most important thing. It's right. like Vina did this for me, mm-hmm. supreme leader. That's what's up. Dang Her generosity. 
Imagine being that dope. Like imagine, let's take a look. Imagine like let's have a moment of silence for being. No. <laughs> I'm not dead, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, but their careers are so. Let's have a moment of silence for the careers. <laughs> Day is done, gone the sun, on the lakes. See, look, this guy saying, "Calm down." From the sky, all is well. Safely rest. God's not. See, even Vina dancing. <laughs> Mm. Wow. In memoriam of Yahoo thoughts. Okay. <laughs> what were we even talking about? <laughs> Her Florence Price. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta remember it. I know, I'm bad. Um, but no. I just really resonated with those three pieces, specifically the sympathy one, because it all tied into like how I grew up and all that stuff. Um so the poet or the, I should say, no, yeah, I'm right. The poet for this piece was Paul Lawrence Dunbar. And what's funny is I went to Paul Lawrence Dunbar Middle School. And there we learned about Paul Lawrence Dunbar. We learned about a few of his poems and his poetry. And one of the poems that I remembered was Sympathy. And that was just like, okay, you know that. And then in high school, I went to Little Rock Central High School and right across the street was the Little Rock Historic Site where they had different um, they had different um, exhibits during different times of the year. And one of the exhibits was the renaissances that happened. And I just happened to see Florence Price's name. And I was like, who's that? I went to my voice teacher and she was like, oh, honey. Right. <laughs> Let us teach you who she is. And from then on, I was like, oh, she's great. And she's from Little Rock, just like mm-hmm. me. So it's like in my in my little high school head, I was like connection. And then in undergrad, my te- my teacher I spoke of earlier, she loved she loved Florence Price. What's not to love? She like, was just like oh, like loving ice cream, right? She was like you have to you have to learn these pieces. Here's like hold fast to dreams. Here's um my soul's anchor in the Lord, especially this one because Marian Anderson sang this one and it's everything. And I was just like overwhelmed, but also very excited that she knew about all these pieces. And then um. From f- just from undergrad alone, I decided to try and incorporate a piece or at least a set of Florence Price in any recital I do, because we ch- I tried to learn all of them as much as I could in undergrad. But you have other composers to get through, another um, you have to prepare for recitals and different things, so you have to meet certain requirements. But for me, a personal goal was to incorporate either a piece or a set by Florence Price. TT flow. Yes, TT flow. Excuse me. Rest in peace, rest in love. But so being able to do one here was amazing. And last semester, last year, I was a recipient of the Lynx scholarship. And there I also had some Florence Price on there. So that was awesome. <laughs> and she's just the queen and was revolutionary. I am so feather. Thank you. <laughs> I just, it's, it's so crazy because in doing my research about her, she died, she died, unfortunately, early, like yeah, she died. Rel- relatively young. young, it's young today. Yeah. And so it's just like, imagine, cause she was, she died before she went to Europe. She was planning on going to Europe. And so it's like, just like, imagine if like she had 
like stayed in Europe and composed more and more pieces. Oh, I know them Europeans. They were sweating. It was like, yo, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta right. bend down the hatches. <laughs> she coming over here, right? Because like they find out how mediocre the other composers they've been standing for <laughs> our comparison. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah, and it's it's just like so crazy how. Because I think about it now, and I'm like, oh, that's bomb. But then I, but th- I have to take a breather and then think about the context of everything that was happening when she was alive and the fact that she still did what she did. And it's just like, well, I'm packing my bags. Um, have a great day. Um, Florence Price is a queen. Have a, like, it's, Y'all um, can never, ex- it's, never have. Exactly. It's amazing. They never will. It's just like, and people know about her but I think people know about her more and more now because there was music found and so and like someone bought a summer home that used to be her summer home and thankfully there are people who were like this music is could be important yeah because it could have gone it could have gone a different direction Mm -hmm. people could have been like what's all this old stuff for throw it away Mm -hmm. but they were like no this looks like it could be significant let's just let's turn music into a department somewhere and see what happens mm-hmm. and like that's why i'm thankful for, thankful for technology because they probably just googled the composer and were like oh we need to send this to somebody yeah but it's just like imagine that had been found like earlier like how much yeah <clears throat> i could go on i love her all right so we've talked um you know a lot about music it's classically black podcast um but can you tell us a, a little bit about some of the other things you enjoy doing besides snatching edges and singing. <laughs> I really ending careers and the like. <laughs> so something I more it's more recently gotten into. I really like gaming. Surprise. Hi. You like what? Game <laughs> Gaming. Gaming. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Is there an issue with that, Katie? No, girl. <laughs> She won't look at me. She's <laughs> what happened? I heard dating, then I heard ganging, and I was like, "Gaming, excuse me, gaming." You, you, you on the set? <laughs> on the set? I've never heard it called that. <laughs> you bet, no, you know what? Let's, let's keep this stop. <laughs> what kind of? Ga- gaming i play assassin's creed and i play like super smash bros those are my two Mm go-tos when i'm stressed but um mostly mostly just those two i'm not like a super super like intense gamer like i don't play online and things like that i don't have a lot of like other gamer community friends i usually just play like solo mode and i'm like let's do that oh i like playing the sims that's a lot of fun but that's the extent of my gaming. But I like to do it outside of singing. It takes my mind away into a different world, which is why I like it a lot in that way. Oh, my teacher says that a lot. Um, yeah, like doing stuff that's like completely opposite yes. of like, I like doing. And you get to, and some, but it's something that you still create or there's still like a storyline because if there's not a storyline, I don't like it. Really? I, I wasn't, I like to box. I haven't done it in a while because oh. like, life but like well it's one of my my favorite hobbies because it's so left field from viola Mm -hmm. it's just like you just get to hit stuff that's true have you heard about the axe throwing place 
You said what? There's an axe throwing place here. I think there's two. That don't sound fun. Axe throwing? <laughs> I've, oh, that. It don't sound fun. You just throwing the axe? I mean, but you could throw it as hard as you want to. And I'm not really, I don't get aggression out like that. I just like hit, like, it's just fun to be like, one, two, one, two, one, two, <laughs> one. You ask JB, he might not say it's far-fetched. And you're like, there's a connection. You know, my teacher does boxing, <laughs> like he's an amateur boxer. Mm. There's like a connection with like the muscle groups to like mm. playing, like playing bass and stuff. So it's interesting. But um, yeah, that axe throwing. I saw a video of somebody throwing it and then it bounced back. See? And then it- <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, I'm super good. I'm super good on that. Yeah, I also like Zumba. Zumba's a lot I of. I don't fun. like Zumba. Oh, you don't? I do not. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. But. I remember I asked Mr. Taylor, I was like, yo, I'm thinking about getting into boxing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it okay? Because now I'm I'm spending thousands and thousands of dollars for viola. Now my arm, I punch the bag, my freaking, it, my bones go back through my arm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yo, is it okay if I do this? He got all like, Mr. Taylor used to do that kind of stuff. Like, he got all this. He's like, Aah! That's what he did. Yup. That's what he did. Uh-huh. Like, can you go do that again? 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 Like, can you go do Like, can you go do that again? Like, can you go do that again? Like, can you go do that again? Like, can you Like, can you go do that again? Like, can you go do that again? <laughs> Everything got don't gotta be related to Viola Miss Taylor. Um, I really I like cooking a lot. For who? Myself. And myself. Who else? Me, myself, and I. No, but who? Who be joining you? Who be joining you? My roommate y'all? sometimes. Who's your roommate? Her name is Francesca. Um, I actually had two other ones, Kathy oh. and Henry. Hi guys, if you're listening. Or if you hear this. Hmm. You having candlelight dinner this week. Right, that's what we want to know. Nobody. I am single. Hmm, for now. <laughs> right. <laughs> First of all, now they lining up outside your door. Be now, please. Right. Baby, please. You remember, that, uh, <laughs> remember the episode of the Cosby Show with Theo? Baby, please. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The one with Theo was he, when he messed up with Justine. He was like, Justine, Justine. You didn't see that? I'm gonna show you. I have. I think Vina. I have. <laughs> Vina, Vina. Ba-da-da-da. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. I... Oh, what a waste. Anyway. Um, <laughs> do I do anything else? So we got edges, cooking, gaming. Oh, I really like makeup. Oh, makeup? Yeah. That's good. I think it's what? Oh no! I was gonna say when you said gaming, I was like, mm-hmm, that's right. Play these men. <laughs> these what? These men. These dudes. Dudes. Yeah. Play I, these dudes. I like them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they let to play, don't they? That's that's another podcast. That's I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Lastly, what advice do you have for young black classical musicians about to enter the field, all excited and unscathed <laughs> it's not that bad y'all it's not something i would say specifically oh my god or like pacifically or atlantically which one <laughs> all right <laughs> i don't know you're not talking about no stop i was tongue-tied a teacher said that to me i'm like you could really relax 
Because you know I speak with a lisp low key. Dead sea. How about that? Yeah, I should have said something <laughs> smart. Arctic Ocean. Arctic Oceanically. I was like, specifically what you want. He was like... <laughs> Cause you know, like you know, I like get tongue tied every once in a while. Everybody mm-hmm. gets tongue tied. He was like, specifically Atlantic. I'm like, you don't have to say all that. Answer <laughs> the question first of all. Being all loud. Um, I would say that always be working on your sight reading, especially as a vocalist, because I the more I see the opera world now, they're doing newer. Like I said, they're doing newer music, <laughs> which and a lot of it's not super tonal. And so the better, the faster you can learn music, the better you, the better you are and the more hireable you are. I would also say don't drop the piano. It's a, don't it's, drop, don't drop playing it. Oh, okay. Because sorry, I was following and then I wasn't. Sorry. Don't, don't give up on the piano. She will always be your friend. She will remain your friend. Tried and true. Um, try. She tries me a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't be something my teacher always says oh, find pieces that are your dna like i know it can be easy to get swept up in learning arias and learning um learning arias i'll just say specifically and trying to make sure that they are perfect and pristine and that's what that's wonderful that's amazing but always try and find pieces that are art songs that speak to you and speak to you as a person or you in your ethnic background? Because I think like having those pieces in whatever set or recital, wherever performing you do, will do nothing but help your performing. And always remember, sorry, one more thing. No, girl. <laughs> always remember why you got into music. I think that's a big one. Because, and it can days, change. It's okay if it changes. Yeah. Like, but always remember like the little girl who saw the orchestra for the first time, like that kind of excitement. No, it wasn't for vocal music, but it was for music in general. And so it's just like, remember that and try and remember that emotion and how you felt. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's my two cents. That was cute. I like, especially like the one about like remembering why we started. I think that's a theme. A lot of people have said like, Mm -hmm getting into it i remember caitlin said something really insightful i forgot what it was i know the i know the gist of it but when she said every day she chooses to do music yeah like stuff like that you have to like be because this thing gets hard you know what i'm saying like it just gets hard whether it's emotionally or like taking l's on auditions it just it's just a lot you know so remembering yeah i know you can't relate because you just they see your name and they be like okay bet l's happen for me and it's okay but i also have to remember you're human standing for a lovely voice thank you but also like also remembering you're human that's something else too because a lot of times it's easy to get swept up in well this person's doing this and the comparison game but it's like you're also human and you have the skills that you have that that could always be improved right but you also have to remember this is where you're working on today this is where you're working from today at this age at this time of the day this is where you are Mm -hmm. and then pick things like yeah there's a whole nother thing I could talk about, but yeah. So let the people know where they can find you, Vina. Like, tell us about, you have a website? I don't have a website, but I have a Facebook and I have an Instagram if y'all want to follow me. Drop that link, girl. Drop that link. I'll drop the link. Um, So my Instagram handle is at V-A-K-A-M-A 
M-A-K-I-A. So it's V, a comma, Makia, my last name. You can follow me on Insta and on Facebook, Book, as my sister used to say. Ha ha ha. On Facebook, you can type in Vina Kamakia or you can do at Vina the Singer and you'll get my Facebook web page. And, and we'll also link that for y'all if y'all want to go see what Vina doing, what she what she working yeah. with and tie your edges down when you do it. This is a forewarning. Okay. So Vina, thank you so much for talking with us. Tell us about your life and sharing your world with the girls and we are moving on. To Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everybody at the top. Who you got this week? Delaney. So as I y'all forgot, know, actually, there's no Black Excellence. As today. y'all know, <laughs> nah, you're not gonna do this. So as y'all know, yesterday, May yeah, May nineteenth, <laughs> May nineteenth, uh, Eastman School of Music had their commencement ceremony. Ears ringing, she like, yo, where the pitch go? <laughs> Cause I thought we were going back to the top, and then oh, we went again. Okay, but um, commencement, and how many of y'all is it? Seven, nine. How many of it? How many of us le- last week? It's seven. seven. There's seven in the picture, but I think. Well, several, well, a few, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a few. People who are black and excellent graced the stage of Kodak Hall, receiving multiple, countless degrees from the Eastman School of Music. So I'm doing a joint black excellence, a group black excellence. Um, and they all got together and did this photo shoot where they modeling and doing all this, courtesy of Catherine. <laughs> if y'all saw something extra, you know it had to be <laughs> like, of course, with my ideas. And I might as well just read off their names because, you know just to give them their own personal Say their name. Say their name. Right. So, of course, Catherine Brown. Catherine Virata Brown. And Vina Akamavakia. Hello! <laughs> um, Jordan Moore. Marcus Jefferson. Shout out to Marcus. Geraldo Marshall. Jasmine.com. And Isaiah Chapman. All graduating from the Eastern School of Music. Um, with various degrees... I just can't wait to see where their illustrious careers go. Um, so congratulations, Black Eastman students, um, <laughs> class of 2019. Um, you got a piece of the week? Yeah, my piece of the week is in honor of Vina, the Queen of the Night aria, specifically the version by Diana Damro. Have you seen that? I, I, I think it was like 2010, yes. roundabout, something like that, where she literally, there was no stage left. Where was that? Did she do it at La Scala? No. I think she did it at Covent Garden. I need to double check, but I know what you're talking about, where she's in this all black. Black and she thing. Has she had the thing. Head. I, I think that video, but okay, I already fell in love with opera when I played La Boheme, but that video like solidified it. Like, I've never heard such clean singing, like, it the over you could hear the overtones in her voice like it was crazy it was like I'm a link it like Diana Damro is like hands down my favorite vocalist period I know there's like so many 
Oh yeah, sorry. Whew, I almost messed up. Venus, my first favorite. <laughs> Venus packed her bags because I was lied to at the beginning of the show. But. Anyway, um, like I was saying, um, I just love Diana Damrose. She's just so incredibly talented. Um, I would definitely link that video. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, intermission suggestions, black excellence, shut up. <laughs> Email us at classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com and we will talk to y'all on next week. Bye y'all. Thanks for talking to us, Vina. Of course. Thanks for having me. Bye y'all. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs>